0: From the Far East to the Great West. The podcast that celebrates the redheaded stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Bloydation. Welcome to the Clones cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Hey, 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 Michael yeah that's us (laughs) i don't know
1: which sometimes i get a little confused with us yeah yeah sometimes i think i'm matthew
0: there's the smart one and the dumb one and uh, (laughs) okay i'll just just leave it
1: at that yeah we'll just leave it at that exactly people fit Uh, people can figure it out
0: yeah how have things been like uh i know you're you know uh under a shelter order and all that too how's that uh, getting in the way of movie making
1: well, yeah, there's no movies being made, but it is good for catching up on writing and editing, which has been something I've been doing a fair amount of, you know, cool. um, which is fine because I, I definitely have put some things aside. We have some indie films that we did, um, that are, that are, uh, needing of some finishing editing and, and a couple scripts that definitely need some polishing. Uh, one that I'm working on with, uh, Clint Howard, Ron's brother, and, yeah, really? and then, um, Yeah, and uh, you know we're we're in, but you know in the same time, app like Appleseed, which is the last film I did with uh, you know with Ron's dad, we're we're working on closing a distribution deal, so those deals can keep being made. You know you're on the phone with people, so it's yeah. But otherwise, uh, yeah, it's been okay. Training Mm. outside is weird. You know you go find little corners where nobody's around, panicking when they see you come approach them without got a mask.
0: <laughs> you're a big of a you're you're a bit of a beach rat, aren't you? Um, how's that working out? Are you getting out there a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beach, the
1: mountains. You know, I like to get out and get out. So it's been kind of nice because I'm outside a lot. I'm actually the exact opposite of being held up. I've been out out more than I've been in, and I and I'm only, mainly because of the in LA traffic is usually the worst. And it's been up and up until now, it's starting to shift again. But it's been like uh. just like open any time of day. You get wherever you want, 70 miles an hour. It's
0: yeah, great, so. it's going to be the biggest shame when the world's back to normal and traffic's back.
1: <laughs> yes, you know, we're all starting to feel I can already, you know, see it happening. So yeah.
0: how about you? Everything going OK with you? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. On my side of the world. Uh, you know, we're like most of you. I'm sure we're just getting sick of the routine. But other than that, you know, it's a good life. So whatever. Yeah, we got, uh, we got something cool coming up, right? Guess we do. Yeah, this uh, coming Saturday. So this, this come out? Yeah. This come this sh- out before that? Yeah, this okay. should be out in a couple days. So I would guess by Wednesday, Thursday. So we have a few days before Saturday. We have a watch party at 2 p.m. Pacific time of Bruce Lee, The Man, The Myth on YouTube. So you can either go to ScreenMayhem.com, and there's a link on the main page, or I've got it pinned to... The Screen Mayhem uh, Twitter as well as the Cinema Bushido Twitter, so you can find us. But yeah, get in there so, to YouTube and
1: it should be cool. Well, not and so explain this to me because you're the the techno guy. So are you gonna are we gonna decide on a version and you're gonna put it on YouTube or does everybody just gotta watch their own? Because we gotta kind of make sure we get the same version for everybody. I mean, it's, it's not there's not too many variants. Pretty much everybody's gonna probably have the same one. But okay, yeah. So I'll clear a, the
0: version with you, but I have a version. Okay. Um, and, okay. Good. And yeah, if you feel like this is the best one, it's that's exactly what's going to happen, guys. Is I'm going to hit play, okay. so we're all synchronized. It'll play from a YouTube um, live stream, and we can chat either there on YouTube as well as uh, to the hashtags on Twitter to chat through the movie. So should be pretty fun.
1: All right. Right on. Okay. Well, that's cool. I'm liking that. It'll be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This will be the first time I've ever done such a thing, so forgive me if it doesn't go so well. <laughs> but, you know, um I just you know, Michael is actually always looking at uh, different ways of reaching out to the listeners and the Bruce Poitation fan base. So, this was all your idea, dude, and I just facilitate. So, let's hope it uh, it's awesome. Well, yeah. Yeah. well
1: you you'll you make the magic happen. I'm excited. It'll be fun. We'll see what happens. it'll, all be, right. it'll be fun though.
0: When you're ready for today's movie, everybody knows, uh, that's on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. we were doing, we actually meant to, we went to record this on Friday, and we had some technical difficulties, mm-hmm. so now we're recording again, No Retreat, No Surrender, 1986.
1: So just, I'm going to point this out, Matthew's been very kind to me, because what happens is, when I record on my end, I've got to have headphones in, so we're not playing, when I would give him my file, you don't hear him in the background, and I just did not put my headphones in, so we we record an entire episode that we're about to do again, From scratch, I'm sure we'll probably repeat ourselves, but who will care at that point? But it was because of me. But thank you, Matthew, for being kind in the technical (laughs) difficulties. I'm ready to do it, though. We'll we'll do a better job.
0: One time on the Cinema Bushido podcast, we did, um, what movie was it? We did it, uh, it was something so ridiculous too. Um, oh, maybe it was like the 300, but we ended up doing it like three or four times. It was just ridiculous. It was like, okay, no more. If it doesn't work this time, we're never (laughs) recording or watching this movie again, so. We didn't. I want to point something out, too, before we start. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Finish what you were going to say. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just going to say, we won't let that happen. But, yeah, point it out.
1: Um, I just did a – because I'll forget otherwise, but I'm mention it now. I just did an episode with the Criterion Reflections. Criterion Reflections, of course, is the company that puts out um, – uh, well, it's not – There's a, it's called the Criterion Cast. If you look it up in your podcast, they do – they're sort of a – it's a master um, – um base for all these different uh, I'm sorry podcasters that are trying to do angles of the Criterion collection, which a lot of people know, which is a distribution company that releases films. And as most of you probably know by now, they're doing a Bruce Lee box set, which is wow. pretty impressive. You know, I mean it's it's we're used to the the Bruce Lee box sets coming out and they they usually have the four films, you know, Big Boss, Fists of Fury Way, of the Dragon, and game of death. This time, they're actually going to have all four of those in brand new 2K transfers, but they're also adding... The, it's the first time Enter the Dragon's wow. been included in that, and it's two versions of Enter the Dragon. And for the Bruce Ploytation fans, it's amazing because we've got a Bruce Ploytation film entering the Criterion Collection, which is Game of Death 2. Yeah. I mean, you could some people consider Game of Death Bruce Ploytation, but now we've got Game of Death and Game of Death 2 they're going to put on there. It's probably... I'm not saying it's a new transfer, so I'm assuming it's the Blu-ray transfer. Well, you know what? That's interesting because the Blu-ray that I know of, and maybe some of the listeners know better, but <clears throat> it's Tower of Death, I think, which is out of, might be Game of Death too, but the one I know is Tower of Death. So who knows? I don't know where they got this from, but anyway, it's going to be on there. But my my whole lead up to that was um, Criterion Reflections. Look it up. David Blakesley does it. And what he does is an amazing thing that he does. He's taking every film that the Criterion Collections put out, and we're talking, you know, in the thousands, and he's been growing chronologically from the beginning, from the 1920s or whenever the first film they released. So now he's up to 1971, which was just in time for this coming out. So we just did, um, he did, fiddler on the roof and now we did the big boss oh, Sweet. so it's pretty good listen if you guys want to hear it anyways yeah and, and you and i did the big boss once when we first uh, you talked did? so yeah. you were on your show <laughs> a couple of years ago yeah
0: it's true yeah yeah for for our listeners it was quite the the holy shit for me um i just met michael and uh you know having having him on cinema bushido to talk bruce lee and i always thought i knew a lot about bruce lee <laughs> But um yeah, michael Michael came of course with uh bringing all the gifts and uh, and gave us a pretty good education. That was fun. So, yeah, it was good good times. <laughs> well, cool. um
1: all right, so I guess we got all that out the way. Now we can dive into this classic
0: ooh, movie. This was something special. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the people uh produced by okay. Ingsi Yoon, but um actually directed by his broski Corey Yoon.
1: Koryun, yes, one of the seven little fortunes out of uh, the Peking Opera with with Jackie, of course, and um, um, Tam- Sammo and yeah. the rest of Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, he worked, he's, he, I mean, of course, he was, you know, worked on Dragon Lord and, you know, Zoo and Warriors from Magic Mountain. I mean, he's been around for a long time. Um, God, what a, you know, I mean, he's, what a, you know, he's definitely somebody with a lot, he came in with a lot of experience doing this movie.
0: Right. Which I think is how we could pull it off. I mean, one of my notes in this is, of course, that mm-hmm. this feels like a Hong Kong movie. It's like the the way it, like the scenes are sort of pushed together. Yeah. The comic relief. It I feel like it really felt it, and yeah, I feel like that's what he's bringing. Right, he's done a bunch of movies, and he's able to take something very American and inject sort of the the Hong Kong Bruce Boisettian aspect into it. Of I mean, the fights were good, and there was it was cheesy. But, you know, uh, yeah, we got two movies, right?
1: Yeah, and, and and that's, I think that's, okay, so, well, look, we, we all know that we watch these films not because we're trying to, uh, you know, elevate them into art, per se, you know, and sometimes there's some, you know, great craftsmanship that we get to see, but this is one of the, we, we sometimes watch these films just because they're silly and they're fun and they're nostalgic. And this is an example, I think, of where, what you just said is what can be its <laughs> its its charm, but not necessarily its strong point, which is the fact that Corey, you know, obviously an instant Yoon, and come coming with a sort of a Chinese sentiment of how they want to make movies. And, and there's a certain different cultures have different acting styles and even different ways of storytelling. And so you can't you come out here. He hires all these American and I can't even say they're all actors because there's a fair amount of these people that never acted before and actually never went on and acted again after this movie. Um, And brought them in and put them into this sort of Chinese way of telling the story with the tropes and with the sort of presentation of the uh, performance and which is why much of the acting in this comes off as just being so like just bad <laughs> you yeah. know it's just so beat over the head just so oversold it's like give me every facial expression you can and so and, and i think that though it's coming not so much from because nobody cared but it's just because you had a group that was like i didn't know what to do and their direction was from somebody that has acting that in the kung fu movies particularly at this time you know we're, we're 1986 so it's just we're kind of coming out of the early 80s late 70s you know that whole performance was a little it was different there you know
0: yeah yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, it, I feel like they were trying to, I mean, it's so many other movies. I I did read, of course, and, I, and I'm not trying to just jump on that. But, you know, critically, this was panned pretty hard. But it's because it, you know, does come on the heels of Karate Kid and Rad and, um, you know, uh, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Break it. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say we get a little bit I was going to go there and then of course uh the the <laughs> last the last dragon of course cuz you get a little oh, bit Oh, last dragon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it get a little bit like well we can do Motown as well. And we could do this, but yeah, very funny how it all this was definitely an american guys movie that um you know, some chinese some chinese people got involved in and said, "Well, guess what? We can do this part really well." You you know, you give us the added fluff. I mean, I imagine something like Xian and Corey, and they're just so happy to even see, like, the fat guy on set. They're like, this is our comic relief. We just need to make him eat, yeah. and like that's it. What's about as sophisticated as the yeah, show.
1: And we should point out, too, to the... Uh, and we, we point him out a little bit more as we go, but just in terms of the people working on it. It's Mang Hoi, who is the... Little kid that we saw who first off in Enter the Dragon is the he hands the Bruce Lee hands the rope to, so he was oh, yeah. passing off the torch once again to another, you know, future, um, future talent. Uh, he's also, of course, the young fighter that was in, uh, we did Godfathers of, um, Godfather from Hong Kong, a little Godfather from Hong Kong, Bruce Long, Bruce Lang. Um, and he was in Fist of Unicorn, bald little kid in Fist of Unicorn, and we saw him in Little Superman, Kidnap him Rome, et cetera. So uh, he went on to do a, a number yeah. of things. But, but, but you know, we've got him behind the, the camera and this you know, working the fight choreography with Corey. Of course, Corey was stepping in and helping, too. So.
0: Hmm. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, our other starring people is, of course, uh, Kim Chae-jong, last film. Um, we'll know him, of course, from yep. Tower of Death and Game of Death and, yeah. Uh,
1: had, and Jackie and Bruce to the rescue.
0: Yeah, and a very recent one. That one was really fun. Um, yeah, and then yes. uh, Kurt McKinney, who I had never heard of before this, and I, I have to laugh at the cover because I I seen this. I, I mean, I I think I saw this movie back when it came out, so it really didn't make a big impression on me, which is surprising because I've always been a Bruce freak, and I don't know. Maybe I didn't see it. <laughs> that's the key. But uh, the cover, I remember seeing it years and years later, and I'm always like, that's Michael Dudikoff. So I kind of expected uh, like young Michael Dudikoff to be in this. Yeah. And you know, the other guy, it's Jean-Claude, but it does kind of look like Ivan Drago, kind of a wannabe even. So I was always like, it's some big Russian in Michael Dudikoff. And of course, instead, we've got <laughs> Kurt McKinney and JCVD. It's a completely different movie. It's pretty fun.
1: Well, yeah. And again, this is that that this is a good discussion too to have which is that you know we talk about bruceploitation um in terms of like what it's defined by you know we you know we we're like at what point does it is it just we're just drawing at straws because there's some reference etc and right and you know you and i can talk about this as we go along which parts of this really feel like bruceploitation but the poster for instance is one thing that's not i mean if you look at that poster there's no reference at all to to you know Bruce yeah. Lee, so it's not like they're trying. I mean, they at this point. They're now, especially with the American audience, they're more trying to capitalize on the Karate Kid, the kick, bo- you know, blood. Well, Bloodsport hadn't quite happened yet, but you know they were uh, pushing that uh, that angle of it. But uh, yeah. content-wise, you know, was we'll it find Rock, Rocky obviously...
0: Three, Rocky Four, maybe? You know, if you really think about it, if we're right, going to right, see the yeah. Russian versus the American.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. right. The Russian. It's <laughs> Jean Claude's like the mini Dolph
0: yeah that's so
1: funny but um, um yeah so I and mean, you know and, and i because we i just on to finish that set that little thought up you know we've i've had this discussion before where you know you can get a movie like bruce lee the man the myth and we all pretty much go Bruce bruceploitation or the dragon Liz, Bruce bruceploitation you know we just kind of we just tackle it that way um but then you get to something like dragon from 1993 which is a story about bruce lee right. even birth of the dragon and I don't think people. Ne- I mean, I've heard people reference it. Oh, that's Bruce Blatant, but it's not really in the sense that we're talking about it because, right? As, it's like it's like
0: wink. A, it's wink, wink to say it at this point. Those aren't really Bruce exploitation Yeah, there's going to be correct. a Bruce in there. Yeah, it's there. a documentary.
1: Yeah, yeah. or no, me, a, a biography. You know, I mean, they're doing a biography, and and I always feel that those exploitation films are a, uh, um, you know, they're a product of their time. In other words, you can't you can't really redo them again because it just becomes parody. Like like Michael Jai White, you know, he's a, uh, he goes and does a Black Dynamite. It's not black exploitation, but it's a parody of it. You right. know, where if he maybe had done that movie back in, the, you know, 1975, it would have been, you know. So it's the same, I think, with this. It's like once we got out of a certain dynamic you're never going to go do Bruce exploitation per se again there and, was a and we
0: can't I that, right i mean i think of like hobo with yeah. a shotgun we're trying to do this grindhouse thing all this stuff If there were a new movie right now that had like a bruce character people would try to call it Bruce exploitation but is it really it's not like it didn't have the same heart like back in the 70s these people were like just put somebody on it that looks like bruce we want money like that is exploiting correctly yeah right? yeah and nowadays and part it's like of what it for is. a story or something, you know?
1: Yeah, and and also there's a factor in with the audience, you know, At that, t- what sort of makes it in a weird way, what makes it Bruceploitation as well is the fact that you've got an audience that's unsuspecting, you know? And it's sort of like you're – part of that is saying, guess what? If you come in here and come see this show, you're going to catch some footage of Bruce or you're going to see his best friend or his student or whatever, and you're kind of so, – That is also another element, I think, historically. I mean, you know, back then, nobody was calling it Bruce Plotation. When I was watching these films. No, you were falling for
0: it. You were falling for Uh, it. You were looking at the the poster. You were like, that's awesome. Here's my money. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then when you once you figured out what it was, you'd say, oh, it's a Bruce Lee ripoff movie. But, the you know, I remember, you know, we didn't start coining this phrase until much, much, much later. So and that is sort of the way of doing it historically. It was like when you went to the, the black exploitation films, you were going, we're going to a black exploitation film. So in a sense, once you've kind of coined the phrase, you've sort of sealed the deal on the the, the genre. And I think that's kind of what happens Same with spaghetti Westerns. You know, you're not going to yeah. make another spaghetti West per se um you know you could shoot a, a western in in spain and and make it with some italian directors and then call it that but it's not really the same. it's not so, what it was, i think this right? film is yeah yeah and this film falls a little bit on the periphery we've had a couple of films that sort of push it a little bit it's got a little that, and i think you know we can point it out a little bit as we go along but it's i think that you know the idea of bruce's ghost and well, you know, we'll go through it. But I think it's it's um, anyways, it's kind of an interesting one for us to do it. I, I thought we kind of put off in a way because it wasn't really full on in that dead center Asian, you know, Bruceploitation 1970s film. But it's uh, it's got those elements.
0: As one who is in the know at this point on so many of these, I do think it fits. I mean, I don't think you would have chosen it mm-hmm. if it really didn't. But it fits because of where the mindset of Corey Yoon and his bro you know they were thinking we're yeah. making this film but they're definitely like we're using bruce lee and we're going to talk about jean kundo and all this because that's a moneymaker we want it to be about bruce lee not yeah about, yeah 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 it's not about kurt or good point that's James. a good point yeah yeah cool well let's get in yeah um so we're not I, okay I, yeah we're not going to go as step by step as we might although um i do feel like we can cover more things this recording than we did last time because last time I was rushing, Michael. <laughs> so let's just start there. The oh, dojo. Yeah. You brought up a cool thing about the dojo, which I'll let you talk about. But I'll just point out that um, it made me laugh that their logo looked like a beer label. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, wait, what was I talking about with the long shot? Yeah. At the beginning. Yep. Yeah, right at the very opening of the movie. If you watch it, it just. It's almost awkwardly so long on the opening of the, the Karate Dojo before the title comes up. And I think what was intended at that point was usually this where the short titles comes up. Canon films and in association with Ensign Yun Films and Bruce Lai, you know, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. It goes on and on with nothing happening. So I think that for whatever reason, they just dropped them all and just kept the, the length of the shot in. And and it's also this is where you get right away that the I just want to point this out because I don't think we talked about it last time the music in this thing is so on the nose.
0: Oh, it is. They
1: every if you if you if the bad guys walk in that music is hitting those bad guys over the head with a bum bum bum. Oh, it's you know, so it's
0: good. Just,
1: oh man. Yeah,
0: you feel eighties inspired most of the time, even though you know that these songs are like ripoffs of like the songs from Bloodsport, the songs from the Karate Kid. You know, they're just rip-off ones, but yeah. you're still just like, yeah. Let's get him, Billy. <laughs> yeah. I believe in yeah, it. Really. Just... Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did I read an interview um with Keith uh Strandberg. Um he wrote we, we he wrote one, two, and three and then he wrote some other kickboxing stuff. I guess right. he was really into that. But the important thing was um it was in the Blu ray release of this, I believe, uh from maybe about five years ago or something. But um, he he just said that this pretty much was, like, he just had wish fulfillment stuff. Like, you know, he got an mm. ear. Because, you know, it worked in his favor that he knew Mandarin. So he was able to go talk to Inksiyun. And uh, it was just kind of like, I'm really into this stuff. Like, if you ever need an American to cross over with you. And the dude's like, okay. And then really, yeah, he just wrote what he knows. At first, I think he said he wrote it kind of like he described some of the fights because he didn't understand screenwriting 101 yet that you just say, they start fighting. So, you know, he wrote this like 200-page screenplay for this first one, but then got cut down to what it is today. I just thought that was funny.
1: That is funny. And it's funny how when they did do the sequels, they were so unrelated. It was just, I think, that because this film had made like $5 million at the box office and they made it for, you know, probably well under... a. You know, probably around 500,000 or if, if that. Right. Um, uh, that they probably just thought, well, let's just slap that name on and do two and three. And, well, we'll put." you know, I think well, Lauren, a- Lauren Abaddon was in it. And could, uh, yeah, I'll throw what's out what's one that?
0: other thing about it is that part two, it was supposed to be a two uh, movie deal for uh, for Keith and for JCVD and then jcvd was the one that was like out first he was like fuck you people <laughs> i'm better than this yeah. and then yeah i think keith saw he wasn't even it wasn't the movie he wrote anymore so he fucked off too so by the time they got to the second one you said it it was just intellectual property we own this name it's why uh it's it's why charles band has uh eight versions of nemesis or whatever like he just yeah, yeah <laughs> he's like i got another cyborg movie let's make another nemesis yeah it's like people will recognize the name yeah yeah, yeah, hilarious. Hey, you—you were never so in I'm, any full moon features, were you?
1: I didn't do full moon. I mean, Tim, my friend Tim Thomerson, does oh, a of bunch course. of them, but I—I I never did full moon. I mostly worked with uh, PM Entertainment and a few of their offshoots. But yeah,
0: you know that's why I love him so much. It's a cross between Transfers, one, two, three, four, five, and six. Actually, I think number <laughs> six and five there was no more Jack Death, but whatever. Um, then dollman so- Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, they found a. It was Megan. Yeah, man, right? Yeah, Megan Ward, I believe, is who they chose as the new Jack Death. The, she was kind of the hot up and comer of 2004 or something. <laughs> and they were like, "That's it." Well, you know what's funny is they and Tim was tossing around,
1: and he wanted me to direct it. He was. They had got an idea for doing a Son of Jack Death, and yeah. Tim would be in. It. And then the sun would come in and so we were talking about it for a little while. We just never got off the ground, but I think he'd still do it, but
0: Dude, there's <laughs> not, not many people much cooler than Tim Thomerson in the original Trancers. Dry hairs for squids. Yeah. He's such a badass.
1: Oh man, and the funniest thing is, in real life he's just such a like such a meathead.
0: Oh yeah. I could see that too. Yeah. He's like the gentle
1: <laughs> gentle giant. Oh, he is. He is the gentle giant, man. He's the best. I love it. All right. Well, get in here so right we're away. In, yeah, we're yeah let's get this. We're we're in the karate studio now, and we're we're I guess we're like meeting, we're meeting everybody.
0: Yeah. So we jump right into our first moment of Bruce, and it's funny because I think they did it on purpose. It's like this very strict karate kata, you know? Huh. He. Yeah. Block head block, and then uh, our our hero, the the kid. He decides to jump into a little, whoa, and, you know, a little bit of fluid motion, and he, like, kicks at another guy, and his dad comes running over and yells, this isn't Bruce Lee's Jeet Kune Do. Jason,
1: what are you doing? One step, sensei. This isn't Bruce Lee's Jeet Kune do, it's karate. Now get with the program, okay?
0: Yes, Sensei.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. It's, it, it's a good point. I mean, it's like it's, it was a very probably, uh, ex- I've got way, exactly right. Like they wanted to set up the one form on the opposite end and then so he could bust out and do his Bruce thing and have it stick out so much.
0: I think that's a cr- really crazy Chinese thing too. The idea that I think most Americans go into the theater expecting to see Karate Kid part 2 um did, had no idea what Jeet Kundo was. I mean sure they recognize the name yeah. drop of Bruce Lee and they're expecting him later if they saw the trailer but I don't know it's a, such a fan of Bruce Lee line.
1: of a fan it again.
0: It's such a fan of Bruce Lee like to to have oh. that line. Yeah, yeah yeah totally yeah <laughs> um then we uh so there has to be a plot to this because otherwise we don't know you know what the hell's going on but there are evil businessmen that arrive outside and you said it music everything we're like it's the bad guys dun, dun. and they're sort of menacingly standing outside the windows
1: yeah, watching it, and we, now we're getting into this again. This trope that they just love in the Hong Kong films, which is the gangsters that want to take over the karate studios or the restaurant, one right. or the other. Yeah, and they always want the property or bring you or bring in the martial arts. You know, it's and it's sort of a way of saying how this is how valuable martial arts are. You know, it's like the gangsters want it, and we want you to be our champion, etc.
0: Yeah, it's funny because then yeah, it's not even about style because you got the karate guy. Right. No, oh, I guess I take that back because the other guy's a karate guy too, isn't he? Which is just weird that it's all karate, karate, karate. Um, it doesn't really mesh with our common anti-Japanese sentiment in Bruce Buitention films. That in this case,
1: right? But can you imagine that might be? There's a couple of things about that. That might be also a viewpoint from the East, which is that the only martial art that we would know would happen to probably just be karate, right? Oh, good. Call. And then I and that. And I think also what you're saying is, is there's a, probably a little play because the Karate Kid did just come out like a year or two before this, so you know they're probably still playing off of that a little bit. And it gives, you know, again, it gives, you know, uh, if everybody was doing kung fu, maybe you know what and what ultimately happens with Kurt McKinney's, you know, Jason's character would, you know, sort of maybe not play out as much. So it's kind of nice that he's the only proponent of, you know kung fu in this
0: yeah it's a good call I mean, and also there's something to be said about karate is the weak form that nobody can beat the big bad until you get some chikun do so yeah yeah <laughs> Well, right away, dad is the main, is the, is the sensei. Um, his son was the one pretending to be Bruce. So he gets to fight against, uh, not Jean Claude yet, but another dude. I didn't catch his name, but it was a pretty good fight. I thought it looked a bit like a sped up instructional video. You know, it looked very much like watching an old VHS tape, but still, it was a pretty good fight.
1: Yeah, no, he was a really, actually a really good martial artist. As a matter of fact, I thought he was, they should have used him a little bit more, but, um, Ah, uh, you're right. Yeah, it was very like, especially in the karate dojo setting. it's just sort of felt like, here's this technique, now your technique, then your technique, and your, and it mm-hmm. didn't actually, interestingly, it it, watching it, it I went, I would not have tied it in, it into maybe Coreyun's past choreography. You know, I mean, it really read as, like almost like American, right, martial arts choreography at that time, which, you know, especially at that time, I and mean, we just did not have it down the way those guys i mean grant you can watch those films when they're sped up sometimes and they get over the top et cetera. but their their attention to the details and their unique sort of approach to the fight scene it, we just didn't do it like that so yeah. I, I don't know i mean it must have been Corey, but maybe Corey's idea here you know and, and matt mong you know but maybe it was really to say let's make this look like that you know <laughs> like those karate movies that they do here in america i don't know but it's but it was good i mean it was a good fight scene you know it's good little back and forth
0: yeah. No, I liked it too. And of course it introduces, uh, Jean-Claude. Um, so we get him with his ugly face, but pretty much our hero, our, our the dad of the hero starts kind of winning. And then Jean-Claude has to jump in and give him like this badass jump off your friend, kick in the face. But then of course, right. To the point of breaking his knee. So what do you do, Michael, if you've been shamed like that in your own dojo? you move scream move, you move to seattle so. <laughs> that's true well yeah and before we
1: go there yeah please. i wanted to point out it was It is just kind of funny at the end of that you do if you i mean this is just a little geek out little sound detail but there's a when he's screaming jason jason you, it, <laughs> yeah. you can actually hear it's the same jason they just like overlaid it again like but it, and he's he sounds so miserably in pain too which is like so funny um but then we go to the scene in a hospital just to point out that bridges that dojo scene and the Seattle scene, which is him lying in a hospital just, just pushing on him in the in the hospital. And, and we hear a narration, which was, I suppose, like they, they, they figured they, the audience wasn't going to get it. So he has to sit there and think, while well, in the hospital, my karate dojos, the gangsters <laughs> want to take them. So you know what? I'm going to close it down. I'm going to take my family to another town. And that's what I'm going to do. Yes, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of like, okay, now we've... So if you're confused, now you're fixed. Now you know where we're going. and, and yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was Here's kind of funny. Here's
0: the plot. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome.
1: Um, yeah, And you're right. We go to Seattle. We're off to Seattle.
0: Which uh, is funny because, uh, yeah, it looks like they're going to Seattle. You see the Space Needle, but then what do you see?
1: We're back in L.A. Back
0: in L.A. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Goes L.A., Seattle for three shots, and we're back in L.A. Yeah. I mean, anybody that knows Los Angeles or probably knows – Seattle, you know, well, once right. you get to, once it gets to the neighborhood, it's a complete, you know, West LA. They don't uh, look the
0: same at all. Silver Lake
1: <laughs> or something, yeah, totally. In fact, I see Addison Boulevard and the street signs are all LA. It's very funny, but
0: you know, they um, must have just taken a trip up. They got the picture of that. They got the film yeah. of them in the cemetery, and that's it. Just flew back, and they were like, "We did it." Seattle's yeah, covered. Yeah,
1: and there is. There is a scene in one of the uncut versions, I think they used for the UK when they were cutting out some of the violence, where the where Jason and um, the, the 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 Kathy, the girl that plays Kelly, in this where they go to Space Needle like on a date. And so, oh but that, no kidding! But that, yeah, so they probably were there for a couple of days and just grab some stuff and then. It would ran make more
0: sense because she has no. She stuff. just pops up. We yeah. have no idea. It's like I know a girl. It's like how you yeah. just got there and you just met our buddy R.J. Madison. Yep. Which is funny because that's our next scene. So rolling up, I actually paused and went scene by scene to make sure I captured this. So I don't know if you need this. I used to um, be a Flatland BMXer back in the 80s. So I know my BMX. I know my BMX packs. I'm still a BMXer. I just don't do as much Flatland tricks because my 47 year old body doesn't like it. But that said, (laughs) I right away, I'm like, oh, it's a Pro Thunder competition chrome it was it had a few aftermarket parts on it but i was like yeah cool legit it was a oh, thing it, they... yeah, it was a supermarket bicycle so it was the kind of the more common one of the day of what you'd see just a kid riding down the street with they were cheap you could get one for under 50 bucks or something like that so it was kind of the every man's bmx bike but there it is we uh... meet uh, rj madison who i imagine thought he was gonna become a star from this. He shows up right yes. away smiling that winning smile. I mean they're like there's like a what's the term in Photoshop where you make the little like little star glint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he had the glint on his smile. He was like, Whoa, what's up?
1: <sighs> oh and that's true, yeah, and that we did we get that that. that. That's a pretty funny moment. The basketball comes out or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, we're immediately uh, introducing him to Electric Boogaloo at this point by the way they go with it.
0: Yeah, and I love it. It's another Bruce Lee thing. So, we've all, so far, that's all we had. But now we've got the comic relief. It's this fat kid sitting across the street. And, again, it's like they're having a joke on us. He, he's just eating and just rubbing it on his face. Like he purposely rubs cake on his eye. Like He thinks it's it's just like they're telling him Just be gross But yeah, he says something along the lines of yeah. Just what this neighborhood needs Another Bruce Lee fan Hey dude, remind me next time Not to let out my services so fast Alright
1: Bruce Lee freak Just what Kingswood needs
0: Why me Yes
1: yeah. <laughs> right right and and again he is so uh i think the, is that kent is that the kent lipman guy yeah he, he is it. so yeah he, he actually passed away all right he died when he was in like his 40s but i he, saw um, he
0: died when he was my age so i was just like i'm like yes. ha let's have a laugh on his expense wait no, let's not do that cause... yeah let's not let's, not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> let's leave Kent alone because
1: you know he totally fits into what the chinese would love to do which is have that sort of He's not necessarily the bad guy, but he's just sort of the mis mis sort of kind of lead person. And and they're always the fat guys that like to eat, you know. So they yeah. were just making him that guy, you know. We see him in all the, you know, they're always this little supporting characters. They're you know, the they might sometimes be the good guy, but sometimes they are the bad guys in the in the films, but uh, you know, or at least semi bad guys. And that's exactly what he was, man. He was that trope from the kung fu movies.
0: I love it. You always remind me. Uh, yeah, who's our favorite? It's um, it's 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 always my brain so listeners just deal with me but you know the one that had bolo and the bananas and the, you know the joke about the gorilla and bolo had just the tuft of hair on his chest Lisa oh right 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 yeah yeah what movie is yeah.
1: that that's uh, the dragon the hero dragon the hero so dragon the God, hero God yeah,
0: classic fat guy skinny guy comic relief it's just it will always be one of my favorite scenes. Them, you know, they were like, "Oh, okay. in there." Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, yeah. It was just so good. Mm. Eh. Anyway, I see the purpose behind it, but yeah, poor Ken. Um, I feel like he was channeling his best. If you've ever seen uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the the fat yeah, he played that's F- exactly. Francis. That's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, he went for it. I still um, see
1: him sometimes. I see him on the on TV on uh, <laughs> what show was? It? He's on the Greg Gutfeld
0: show or something Oh, sometimes. no kidding. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, well, cool. So, um, yeah, so we, our dude just starts setting up his, uh, his first uh, dojo. So he has a wooden dummy, and he's got stuff, and he's kind of showing off a little bit to his friend, and this is when we get our first um, rap dance, which uh, I, my notes on that are pretty much just like, this is ridiculous, but also the body double they used for him, like after breakdancing, yeah. the dude's like... 100 pounds heavier than J.W. Falls
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah probably it's actually probably was one of the Chinese stuntmen coming in and doing something but he's probably just he totally does look like that (laughs) it's just not good oh that's awesome they just didn't bother to tell him they weren't going to get away with it but I Uh, guess they did as good as they could
0: yeah and then it leads us to our next scene of course we watch the rap battle and then it's like I want to be just like Bruce Lee just like him hey I hear Mm. he's buried here (laughs) yeah So he's like, yeah, of course. I know exactly where that's at. Let's go see him.
1: My name is Jason Stilwell, and I just moved here from Los Angeles. I'm a martial artist, too, and I want to be like you someday. I practice what you teach, and I've read everything about you. That's how I knew that these were your favorite flowers. Please give me the courage and strength to stand up for what I believe. Thank you, Sensei Lee. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Um, yeah, so, really, and this, is,
1: and this is also, the other thing where we get is like where, in many of our, Prior Bruce plotation films, you know, where they'd stick in the funeral footage or you know the the press conference footage where he's on the phone with a bunch of the guys from Way of the Dragon or whatever. Here in this case, they're they sort of played that out. So all they're just doing is cutting to shots of magazine covers, kind of like they did in True Game of Death. You know, it's just right. here's another magazine cover, here's another magazine cover, here's Bruce, here's Bruce, here's Bruce. You know. To-
0: oh, I'll never forget when you first pointed it out. It was the just that somebody like they didn't have any other rights to any Bruce stuff, so they just put like a poster up in, like, a weird yeah. Hong Kong house. You're like, that's it. It's yep. a it's a Bruce thing. Yeah. That's hilarious. And
1: that's what's funny about, like, Bruce Lee's Deadly Kung Fu, where, where Bruce Lai is basically playing Bruce, and he's got a poster of himself up on the, on the wall behind him. <laughs> from it's from, me. From <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not it's me, and I haven't even done it yet.
0: Totally. So then we move into, uh, it shows, like, I guess we're setting up that our hero isn't all that yet. So he's doing Bruce's fighting method, and he kind of has it hanging across the the studio, but it shows him sort of failing at the dummy and failing at doing anything. We're getting it like he's weak and he's not feeling it. Um, Yeah. Pretty funny. There's a lot of slapstick. Um, We get back into the, for some reason as a plot point, the fat guy decides he's against the black guy. And I even rewound. And even during the second watch, tried to figure out why I can't figure out why this white dude hates this black guy so much, but
1: yeah, no, they don't really explain. It's just sort of like somebody I even told says you to it. get
0: out of this neighborhood. Yeah, somebody says it. Somebody says it at one point. They're like, "What do you have against him?" And he's like, "Not your business." Oh, is that right? Yeah. Like we're missing a scene, a really pinnacle scene of like, could be. Yeah, RJ's like peeping Tom on his ass or
1: something. Yeah, killed his mother or something. Killed his
0: mother. That would because when you
1: see when you see his dad, you can tell again. His dad in the story is just a. Non-actor that get brought in to say some lines and oh, totally. try really really hard to you know.
0: You gotta clean up that mess. And yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, then we actually make it to Bruce Lee's grave, and I was very surprised. Uh, right. Not doesn't look quite the same as it does today. Obviously, no Brandon yet, and uh, the picture is totally different. Uh,
1: I think that does a... look like the the the. the the place right I mean it looks because to me it, oh it's a it like hundred mock that no, no no yeah okay that's what I thought
0: yeah no I've been there a bunch of times um so it's definitely the right spot but um I was thrown by the picture being different yeah. but it makes sense um you know obviously they change it over time or somebody steals it or something I don't know but yeah that's, it was, that's what happened yeah yeah but and yeah of course now the new one has branded next to him but he goes and he does the classic I want to be you you know I love you so much Bruce yeah.
1: Sensei and he calls him sensei, which is so ironic. Since
0: oh right. That's
1: you know, the Japanese term for teacher rather than Sifu you know. And then later when he's actually meeting the ghost, he he calls him by the I think the Chinese term or uh, for for teacher, uh not Sifu, but what does he call him? I can't even remember what it is, but he gives him another term, but but it's interesting at first he's calling him sensei li, which is funny.
0: Yeah, like when he first glows about, he's like, Oh, like, uh, like, who are you, first off? And it's like, wait, this is your hero. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> one thing I'll say about the grave, which I think is really funny, and it's just a thing about Bruce that I think anybody listening will just be like, it goes both ways. But almost every time I've been there, there's been some – out-of-shape martial artist recording his own, you know, personal video with the gravestone talking to Bruce about how much he loves him. So this is not far from fact. Yeah, Yeah. sure.
1: I bet every day there are people in there. It's crazy.
0: Yep. They just go up and like, I want to be like you. I'm suffering and I'm doing my life to be like you, Bruce.
1: Which, you know, you know, it's pretty bizarre in some ways but in other ways it's just like just, this is it man this is what's so amazing is that for the you know probably the rest of time you're gonna always have people going there and just doing this which is amazing that he evoked that kind of following yeah. you know yeah.
0: yeah and it's because he's Bruce right I'll never forget my first yeah. time seeing Bruce I was so used to my hero getting like the classic Chuck Norris he gets beat up a whole bunch before he finally comes back and beats the other guy up um. whatever the Bruce you know obviously taught me something else in my brain it's like kind of why we love our superheroes he was like that he was just yeah. like in the big boss when he first comes out and does his, his first kick like the world changed so mm-hmm. yeah that was it you're right All right. well anyway back to this we, we're skipping stuff the pressure washer if you guys watch this you know we just don't need to talk about this let's keep moving um, fast food uh, the fat kid shows that he has some friends and can buy a lot of food, but in the end, it, it it's a vehicle for um, our hero to have his another fight that he gets in a right. another fight with his dad. We meet the boxer who's eventually gonna. We, I think it's gonna be a really big piece in this film, but he's not at all.
1: <laughs> Are you comes, talking about
0: now the Greg or whatever the boxing so... the guy who won the championship whatever and came oh, back?
1: Oh, Ron Ron Panell, yeah, yeah, the, yeah blazer, you bro- it. the girl's brother, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which it's funny about that, too, is um, I, just for anybody interested, you know, is that he like like most of the, the act quote unquote actors in this they none of them really went and did anything else after this. I mean, you got guys like Petey Cunningham and Dale Jacoby and these guys that went off went to PM Entertainment where, where I got my start and did like Ring of Fire with Don Wilson and Ring of Fire 2, et cetera. Nice. Um, and and um, but that Ron... Ron Pinnell it's funny I noticed go online and you can look it up somewhere along the line in the I don't know if it was the early 90s when it was right when that technology was coming on where people were getting you know shooting movies on video or trying to and and it but now when you look at it because it was just like video it just looks like like a just the worst TV show right not even TV show looks like you you know anyways they went he looks like he directed and starred in a movie and it's called drifter tkd i think i mean taekwondo oh nice and if you just look the trailer up it's and i don't listen i don't beat down on movies because i make them i know you're always trying to do good and sometimes you miss it and it's a there's a lot of things involved from getting it from your head onto the screen properly you know and somewhere along the line you're always going to miss things or you don't have the money to get things but it's just to watch this it's just so it's almost painfully bad yeah <laughs> i want to see the movie though because it looks like it's that kind of movie you know but anyway so i just i did notice that because i was looking him up going, whatever happened to him i was like oh and what's interesting is the other part of it is that you can see that what got had made was that he brought in probably for one mm-hmm. day mel novak from from game of death and stuck him behind a desk, and he's always behind the desk. They probably said, hey, we can do this for four hours and just talk a bunch of lines. And yeah. Anyway, so look it up. Drifter TKD. I don't know if it's all available online, but the trailer is, and it's it's, uh, it's worth seeing.
0: Yeah, I'll at least trailer it. I mean, my tolerance for that level of bad. But also, I had a really yeah. big problem yeah. with the video time. I mean, I remember back in those days, Ice-T came out with a movie, and it was all done on video, and it just hurt to watch. But also, did- it's... Uh, Ice-T did. Uh, he had this movie called – Oh, uh, it was just terrible. It made it feel so much cheaper. But then I was going to say the only David Lynch film I've never seen is Inland Empire, which is all done mm-hmm. on video as well. And it's just – Well, yeah, it
1: wasn't – yeah, no. it's like it was – even Lucas, when he was sort of the first one to do it on a large scale using the video. And, and so even if you watch that first Star Wars movie, there's still moments in it where it kind of goes, uh, it looks weird, you know. And they're, ta- okay. they're using the – top-of-the-line equipment at that point. But yeah, you're right. There's a number of low-budget films that once that came out, I actually worked on one. I did one with a partner of mine that I ended up working with a number of times, but I went and acted in it. I didn't have anything to do with the production of it, and it was all shot on digital video. And I remember everybody was touting at the time, oh, Lucas is using this technology, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, this just looks like video. I mean, I'm sorry, man. This just looks like we shouldn't be doing this. Right. (laughs) You know? And uh, anyway. Yeah, so I know we're getting, we're getting a little
0: sidetracked. <laughs> yeah. Why would we ever want our movie to look like a VHS r- recorder yeah. from the 80s? It was just crazy. It does
1: not age, man. It does not age. No,
0: it doesn't. That's funny. Um, okay, well, yeah, so we're going to skip um, a lot of stuff. So we got the boxing. We learned that it's the brother. These are just plot things. Reno was hopping. Uh, there's a party. He gets. Well,
1: you know what yeah, we can do is just is even say, point this out, and you're skipping through it, is that these? Well, a lot of these things that happen are those – storyline tropes elements that we see in all the kung fu movies from Absolutely. the disgrace disgrace seafood to the battle with the students that ultimately they start lying about because they don't like one guy and they're like lying to their teacher to get him to fight like you remember in like fighters or whatever you yeah. know, you've got a, a moment where the students run back and go teacher teacher he was saying terrible things about you So oh i gotta go fight him now you know it's that kind of thing oh and the whole exactly turf in- thing
0: san francisco versus seattle yep. karate yep, exactly. like give me a break yep.
1: L.A., yeah, L.A. Karate.
0: Yeah, right, sorry, exactly. That's hilarious. Well, so yeah, we do jump through a bunch of stuff. We have a dojo scene, which is straight out of Karate Kid. You know, Kai comes in hopeful that he's going to just pick up his skills where he left off and keep on, but instead it's a big trick because somebody lies, and he gets his ass kicked a whole bunch. It was just ridiculous. Um, uh, He fights with his dad. His dad rips down his Bruce Lee poster and starts – Beating up the wooden dummy. So we finally get to this big plot point that he's moved out of his garage into this abandoned house. Now there's candles. He's got all of his martial arts supplies. And who should start glowing through an open door? Bruce freaking Lee. goes to Bruce Lee. (laughs) Who's there? Archie, is it you? You know. You asked me to come.
1: Say Lee, Lee, have got You call me. Shall we begin?
0: There we go. And he is channeling his Enter the Dragon. I mean, uh, it's just like the beginning where he's he's educating the yep. kid. Yeah. So a lot of lot of chest bumping, a yeah. lot of pointing. But yeah, it's exactly like a finger pointing away well, to the moon. Yeah, and and
1: it's interesting because that would be. You know, I've, I in my book I go into a lot of the elements of Bruce Lee that get used in Bruce Like, what are the elements of Bruce Lee as a human being or as a as a film star, whatever that we see in different movies? How they interpret him Like, you know, we've watched, for instance, um, I guess it was uh, the Dragon uh, Bruce Lee Super dra- or The Dragon Lives. You know, where you have. They really focus hard on Bruce Lee being the movie star, or you watch right. him in maybe Bruce Lee the Man, the myth, where it's not so much the movie star, it's more the, the instructor or the teacher. And and here's an example of where they're really pushing Bruce Lee the teacher and of the movies. Now Longstreet's different. Longstreet we get it too, but that was right. popular there. But we, we the really example of him as a teacher is from End of the Dragon, playing the, the Shaolin monk, because mm-hmm. you know the big boss, he's just you know, he's the little a guy, guy who shows up and yeah. Fist of Fury, he's just the crazed student way of the Dragon. There's some moments where they kind of want him to teach him the martial arts, but he never really kind of gets into teaching them at all. So, really, that end of the Dragon character with that kid, you know, it's a finger point of the moon. That whole sequence is what they draw from. Yeah, where Tang Lung particularly or Kim Tai Jong pulls yeah. from to be brutes, you know.
0: Yeah, dead on. I'm for sure. Very, mu-
1: very much the way he was doing him in uh, Tower of Death. And
0: he wanted. Exactly same, same. Kind. He- That's. Yeah, and he obviously wanted it. That's what he wanted to look like. He In End the Dragon, he was very particular about how he wanted to come across. And, I mean, why should we doubt Bruce? If Bruce says that's the way right. he's teaching a young person how to expand their mind, then, well, let's take him for his word.
1: I don't wish revenge. I, I only want to learn. You, empty The cup first.
0: Pardon? This cup as you represents your knowledge. This cup is what I offer. The cup of my knowledge is more than your cup holds. Only the cup! Then,
1: the cup now is clean. You understand?
0: Yes. How? Get in the stance. Mm-hmm. which happens in this because right away it's um, the first gimmick is the cup thing, which uh, um, I don't think is an exact translation of anything Bruce said, but it's pretty much the, his gist was like my knowledge is in this cup and yours is in this one. Now I'm going to start pouring mine on yours. Oh, it's pouring all over the ground. Well, it's like empty it mine first. Laundry.
1: Yeah please go ahead. yeah that's it you know that's where yeah that's where he's like empty your mind you know be formless shapeless it's like water if i put it into a cup it becomes the cup if i put it's sort of pulled from that idea yeah where there's an old taoist you know story about a, a, a student that goes to a master and he he says i want some some you know he wants to learn from him but he he's not really you know he's got all this preconceived ideas and so the teacher says hey you want some tea and he's like sure and so he he gets a teacup full of whatever tea and then starts pouring more tea into it. The master does and he's like, wait, the cup's full. And he goes, Oh, that's right. He's got to pour it out and he's got to, so you gotta empty your cup before you can accept my my yeah, tea. You know, so that's not, yeah. I
0: love it. Um yeah, so new dojo, we got our new Bruce. Um we're gonna do a bunch of these gimmicks and this is just like many of the movies we've watched too. Um, there's some bags that move around that try to hit him in the head, but he's got to kick them. There's Mm -hmm. the wooden dummy, which they modify to become this pivoting thing where he gets hit by the dummy's arms. And then of course the cup thing. Um, Yeah. And it was all because we want to use these later in the film to show how he learned from Bruce when he's getting attacked. Oh, it's coming from every direction. It's very, it's very every movie, right? It's it's Bloodsport. It's it's whatever. But we're remembering our training. We see it all the time. Yeah. in exploitation, Yeah.
1: And we should point another technical geek thing about this is that what what should have happened here is because they were dubbing, you know, Kim Tai Jong's voice, and they weren't using his real voice, so they're recording it in wherever their location is, and Kurt McKinney's talking, and then you know Kim Tai Jong is obviously speaking in his you know native Korean. But what happens is and when they're later they're dubbing just Kim Tai Jong and they're not also redubbing Kurt McKinney on the same sound stage. you hear the background noise keeps shifting, so every time Kurt's talking you're going to hear it sounds different than when it, when he starts replying to him when uh, Bruce starts replying to him, all of a sudden it sounds very different because they're um you know they're speaking um i'm trying to say they're they're speaking one's being recorded in a sound studio and the other's being recorded on location right. so technically what they should have done is they should have both been redubbed later to make it sound but you know it's stupid little thing i just point out when i notice these things
0: well this had a lot of funny things like that so first off i wanted to say i feel like jean claude's voice is overdubbed at one point towards the end i gotta go back and look <clears> but could be yeah maybe yeah. but also um I I thought it was really funny. There's a scene. I'm sure you caught it. um, They're like filming outside of a window while uh, the boy is in there like arguing with his dad. But it's really funny because it's filming outside the window and there's like all the rain noise and everything. And then suddenly you're in the window and it's just normal. (laughs) But it's really jarring. It's really weird. I've never seen anything quite like that.
1: Well, what they're doing is they're recording the sound outside of, so you're hearing them from outside, and then they jumped inside for the next shot, so it was very, you know, abrupt. Now, they could have, like, had the sound guy inside when they were shooting outside the glass, so when they cut to the inside, it's not, like, so jarring. And there's ways of doing it. You could technically do it if you wanted to, but you kind of, it's, there's an, you know, there's a... There's just, there's a certain craftsmanship to doing it correctly to make it work, like you said, and, um, and also what's funny about that scene is, is that that's when, when the dad's running off, remember his son looks <laughs> up and says, dad, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? Raise a
0: clone? <laughs> <laughs> a Bruce Lee clone. Are you
1: trying to raise a son or a clone? I don't know what I've raised. What? Go to your room. And you want to be ashamed of yourself or fight like some common sink punk, but
0: no but go to your room i'm not a child oh adults fight in the streets for god's sake well what's funny is at this point um we have like four montages so it keeps going back and forth the whole movie's changed at this point it's pretty much just uh jason um getting trained by bruce and it's really ridiculous because there's a point where um rj looks in the window and um Jason's just fighting with himself. Oh, yeah. But it's great because, you know, like Bruce would like this. He's like, how did you like that, Bruce? Was that one good, Bruce? And then he had to do a couple more moves. Yeah. What do you think of me now, Bruce? I'm like, if even if the ghost of Bruce were there, he'd be done with your shit right now, and he'd be telling you to shut the fuck up. That <laughs> 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 killed me. But yeah, four montages, including one where uh, RJ sits on the crotch of Jason while he stretches his body and, and RJ's eating ice cream.
1: Yeah, one well, I'm sure they regret it later.
0: I'm sure. They're like, that seems fun. <laughs> it seems so flippant and fun. But then when you watch it, you're like, this is really uncomfortable, guys. <laughs> like, <if there's>, Yeah. <laughs> any... Couldn't we go back to jogging? I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very funny. Um, okay, yeah. So he's fully trained at this point. Uh, we had some really funny scenes of his dad in this, like cowboy bar his dad sort of dressed as a cowboy and it's I, right. I don't know if you can explain to me why that man was against people who know karate from other towns, because <laughs> I'd never seen him before. I thought maybe it was the fat kid's dad at first, but it wasn't. It no, was just, I know.
1: But just, it's again, yeah. it's that thing, this, let's throw in the bad guys. And, and it, it works, you know, in, in the kung fu way. And, You know, here you're just accepting it because you want to see fight scenes, but it's right. just another one of those, one of those moments. And funny thing about that scene is that once they get outside and they have their fight scene outside, when I first moved to L.A., as a kid, right down the street from where our, where our family lived, was um, they were shooting that scene. I remember walking by that place no is kidding. on Abbot Kinney. It's an old, you know, it's a it's a liquor store, I think. Anyways, it has a, that boxer on the side of the building, and I remember they were filming. I was like, "Ooh, they're filming a movie!" And I watched them shoot it. And then years later, I was like, finally saw that it was, uh, it was that movie. And I was like, "Hey, I was there!"
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well. And I think this kid, I mean, God, it is totally you. You are Jason. Like, all the pictures that you post to Instagram and Twitter, it's literally that. You and some buddies in a garage in the 70s. In this case, there's the 80s. But, but yeah, you know, kicking butt, sparring, hitting bags. And it's funny. I built
1: my Wing Chun dummy. I I found an old post. I put it in my, my you and I found chair legs and oh, I took, yeah and I drilled shit. chair legs into this. They didn't really move quite the same because I had to, but I put the three in and I put a fake leg on it and I did the best I could on that yeah. thing. And I put a sandbag for its face to punch its cool, face. Cool. Right. You know? yeah. So, and the funny thing is the sandbag, <laughs> this is kind of silly, but the sandbag I bought at Brendan Lai's Kung Fu Supply, which was a big Kung Fu trading post out when I was a kid in, in San Francisco. Brendan lies a fame. You look him up. He's a, he's a, you know, as a well-known martial artist, but that's where I get all my Bruce Lee magazines from Hong okay. Kong. Okay. But I brought, I, I, didn't, I went to see Chuck Norris uh, at a, an opening of one of his early movies, and he came to it and it was in San Francisco, so he just walked into the theater and was at the bottom of the theater talking to everybody. It wasn't, uh, I want to say it was the Octagon or something like that. I can't remember what it was. I was yeah. really young, but I brought my, I brought my my punching bag with him to sign, so he signed Chuck Norris on the punching bag, and that no was the punching kidding. bag that he used. My, so I was always punching his autograph.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because, that you know, before I knew any better, I, I thought Chuck Doris was one of the greatest fighters on earth.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, he is. Don't say otherwise.
0: I, I, was, I was fooled by the 80s is all I have to say to that. Um, there, there are Hollywood actors, and I had a very hard time recognizing the difference between a Hollywood actor and uh, a fighter. That's all I have to say about that. Because if you go back and you watch yeah. most of the Chuck movies, he doesn't do a lot of fighting. He does a lot of shooting. He does a lot of talking. But aside from a, an occasional roundhouse kick, he's he's not much of a fighter.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, There were a couple he did. Octagon, yeah. got going, he got him going. He did Force fight a lawn, lot in the octagon. Breaker, breaker. Yeah, his first handful, they were they were kickbox. Yeah, and he went and did uh, the one with. Um, so James Fargo. The, uh, uh, not an eye for an eye. Yeah, I think it was an eye for an eye, yeah. I guess, is when he started kind of Oh, yeah, with the young guy. More. And then, right. Yeah. And then he did Andrew Davis's Code of Silence, which is the one same director who did Seagulls first. Now
0: we're getting into cop stuff, just shooting, not a lot of fighting. Like, he might kick somebody once, but for the most part, he's just got a gun.
1: And we might actually one day do because it's kind of got its little, little exploitation stuff. Uh, we might want to do Slaughter in San Francisco someday, Ooh. which is yellow Face Tiger, which was uh, one of the films that, that was being offered to Bruce right before he passed away. Holy cow. Uh, low directed it, and Chuck Norris is in it as the bad
0: guy. So. Oh, and can I ask, is, uh, is Circle of Iron Bruce exploitation as well?
1: I, uh, You know what? That one's too difficult. I think not, because I think that was just so promoted. It's like Bruce Lee wrote this. So, yeah. but, I mean, you could say in a way it Living off of his name, but you didn't think you were in it up, But, I, hey, listen, I went – funny thing is Circle of Iron was on a double bill with Bruce's Deadly Fingers, the very first Bruce lloyd movie I ever saw. was Bruce's Deadly Fingers and Circle
0: of Iron. Oh, I and love that. that. It, yeah, I saw it in the, in the drive-in as a kid, and I just thought I, – I didn't know all of the complexities of the issue. I just thought probably Carradine was a big fan, and I just you know ate it up. But, yeah, whatever. Fuck you, whitewashing America. all right montage 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 ice cream scene um it's time to save dad so dad they just pick on him he's now in the parking lot he's getting beaten on by all these guys in fact one of the guys is our um screenwriter uh keith keith strandberg He's 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 the one that punches um dad like three times in the gut so a little bit of trivia there for you he got to be in the movie for a second um nice yeah and uh and then pretty much yeah we go back it's time for the big battle so dad gets saved we show that jee kune do is now the thing dad's proud see sometimes you do have to fight dad and dad's like yeah you're right son i'm an idiot dad are you okay yeah i there are times when you just have to fight
1: i'm very proud of you son i've been such a fool i i haven't exactly helped let's go home. I was taking
0: dinner. She's waiting. So it's finally time (laughs) for the big battle. And this it's, I didn't expect it to happen the way it did. Like I'm thinking like this is the battle where everybody loses before the big battle, but it's really just one big battle. And it does have some great iconic scenes of Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'm in particular, he does the splits. Like after he beats people up, he does the splits and hangs out in his corner of like a boxing ring on the little, on the wires. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really cool. But, yeah, we've got uh, – he fights um, the brother who is, I guess, Dale. Yeah, he fights Dale, um, which is ridiculous because Dale gets his ass kicked. There's a part where jean just keeps punching Dale over and over and over and over again in the, in the chest and stomach. And I'm thinking he's going to die. You this- talking about Dale Jacoby? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh-huh. I think – wasn't he the big brother?
1: No, the brother was oh, uh, the Ron that's, that's Cornell Ron. guy.
0: Okay, sorry. So it's Ron. Yeah, the, Ron...
1: the P- Dale was the one that was the rival boyfriend. You know, the sort of one. Okay. The girl. Yeah, the yeah. the
0: pretty guy that looked like Johnny from Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, older brother. Okay, Ron. Yeah, Ron. Um, he's doing a great job. But I mean, he, there's a lot of gimmicky stuff. He gets wound up in the in the reins, and they beat him up there. And there's some cheesy stuff. Um, uh, but a pretty good fight. And uh, yeah, yeah what, it's did, nice. yeah. what did you think?
1: I know I liked it I actually in some ways it sort of rivaled the end fight that was sort of some of the dynamism was in that because I think both of those guys are I mean Kurt's actually a really talented martial artist so I mean it worked out but it's I think he's got a lot of talent too so um, you know they both sort of rivaled a, a little bit which is fine you know at the end it's all like you said one big fight so it's like make it all good but I think I think they they built it up kinetically enough so by the time Kurt got in there it was like, like you were ready for it you yeah, know
0: totally yeah, and it was such a ridiculous thing, right? Because everybody's fighting for a reason. We're fighting for our honor. We're fighting for the. We're, we're fighting for San Francisco, whatever. But at the end of the day, or sorry, for Seattle, we're fighting for Seattle. But at the end of the day, it was like uh, uh, Jean Claude manhandling his girlfriend that had him jump out of his chair, yeah. and Jason got in there to finally show his Bruce. But he also got beat up pretty hardcore too. It was, I mean, he got caught up in the in the. Um, the netting and all that stuff too it was kind of crazy but yeah good fight and i
1: and i think what's funny too about this whole sequence at the end is you know i mean i get listen i get it you know what you're doing but um you know you're building up this whole thing with gangsters and this is big money making sk- and they're like doing this fight in like a gymnasium in high school and oh like god. fold out chairs and teenagers and like retirement home people sitting it did, just didn't yeah. not have a feel of like a big professional money making fight that anybody would care about
0: oh my god there are like 30 people in the audience and they even do a thing where they don't manage to keep the audience in the dark. Like, sometimes they do. They're using, like, a video effect or just where the camera's at, but it looks like a boxing ring with, like, darkness over the crowd. But it takes, like, one scene change, and you just see this auditorium full of old people, and they're just screaming. Yeah.
1: They, I mean, I, he's probably okay with it, but, like, like for instance, when I did Final Impact, we went and shot it in Vegas. They got a, a fair amount of extras, but even when they had the rest, extras, they were blacking out the... You know, kind of like what they would do with the uh, Dynamo and Soul Brothers of Kung right. Fu, except that a little bit better, you know. But where you'd, you'd darken the audience, keep the hot light on the, the ring, and yeah. you could kind of smoke it up a little bit. You'd feel a little bit – but, you know, I think they just said, listen, we're, we're never going to be able to smoke this whole room up. We're probably not going to be able to cover it, so let's just show it. Well, and I <laughs> just, felt just, just for the,
0: little... the camera guy in the ring because his camera couldn't get that wide of an angle. So it's very, mm-hmm. like – it's almost hard to watch like the cameras right there while they're fighting. And you know, like from a film perspective, that guy had to jump the frick out and jump back in and jump out or, or keep moving because he's in the way. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That happened on a bunch of them. But, and then of course I'd love, uh, you brought this up last time, but I made a note of it too. The end of this happens. Our hero wins, uh, Jason, uh, Kurt McKinney and these kids and these people, they just have to keep vaulting him in the air on top of this right yeah and if you watch you just kind of like let it fade out i kept watching for some reason like i was just you know when you you watch with intention like we're doing i'm watching and i'm just like holy shit it's still going on it was like like a minute and a half later they're still throwing him in the air as it's like slowly fading right away from and I,
1: I think this whole movie bookended on two shots that were <laughs> left for space for credits like in the beginning
0: yeah Totally. Just what you said the about beginning, the beginning. i going
1: be playing over Kurt being tossed up and down.
0: Wow. Yeah, you're right. Well, shit. Well, there it is, guys. Uh, no Retreat, No Surrender, 1986. <laughs> um, I Like I said, that's Bruce Boitation at its finest. I've never seen an American Bruce Poitation film that's like a Chinese Bruce Boitation <laughs> film. It was very, very cool.
1: Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's like one of those movies where where it's a certain time frame it's, it's, you know it c- combines some of those genres people that love the 80s movies I personally it's funny a lot of the 80s movies were not my favorite movies like I kind of my favorite era is pretty much the 70s um, so there was a number of films in the eighties I just couldn't deal with. There's some great ones, you know, but they seemed great at the time. Whether it was Streets of Fire or, you know, whatever. I mean, you still got ones like Escape from New York, etc., that just sort of still stand up. But
0: no, it's a good. Eighties wasn't always though. my
1: favorite. You yeah. know, it's just there was some weirdness going on then. Even even the music. I listen. I still go back and love them. There's plenty to love. Plenty of, like Men at Work and Flock of Seagulls. Still love them, you know. But, sure. But there was something about that. But 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 that being. So there are people that love the 80s. They love what came out. of Fits it. right into it. It's that cheesy acting with the, the Chinese kind of style of acting forced onto non-actors in America. You have, you know, the, the kickboxing aspect, the fake Bruce Lee. You know, it's just it's, it's fun. It's actually I enjoyed it much more watching it for this than I think I'd ever had before when I'd seen it.
0: The 70s were more earnest. You look at things like Vanishing Point, you know, like these cool. Right. Yeah, it's just like it's something that couldn't have happened in you know the what? 80s. The
1: thing, well, yeah, and the thing in America with the 70s, one of the things about that was when the, when the studios basically let the auteurs, i.e. the directors, take over. And they basically would go, you want a movie? Here's your, you got your script? Okay, see when you're done. And that wasn't done up until that point. And then later they kind of start reeling back, back going, okay, we got to take this back again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. But, yeah, there's definitely – you know, even some stuff from the 80s. Oh, stuff in the 80s that uh, that feel like 70s things, like Phantasm. These early 80s things that are definitely right. birthed right. in the 70s uh, great aesthetic. Movie. Yeah, you know? Phantasm. Is great. Yeah, yeah, I just love that stuff. Yeah. Well, cool. So, yeah, this movie, very 80s. Uh, it has all of the horrible things. If you haven't seen it, I guarantee you're going to love it. Like, if you grew up in the 70s, 80s, just watching this is ridiculous fun. It's stupid. They... I think they even intended a lot of that. It's just ridiculous. You cringe. It's got some good fights. It's it's a worthwhile movie. Um, it's the birth of Van Damme, you know? It so is. Yeah. That too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So go for it's it. The birth, um, it's the
1: birth of Van Damme and the death of a lot of other actors.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the death of a style. Like I think that's why I did like this, is it really did feel like uh, I was watching a, a classic 70s kung fu film with all of its problems, which is great. Um, and yeah, Jean Claude eventually reinvents what we expect, and then we get the Blood Sports of the World, which is I'm a huge fan of as well. But yeah, this was a great little start for him. I think it's cool that he made it out. Like this could have ruined him, right? Being starting right away as the bad guy. I mean, look at poor Dolph. Dolph never really got too many uh, protagonist roles. You know, you started as... a Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You look at that kind of—we're getting it introduced to the U.S. as this evil Russian, and he's Belgian, and most Americans are dirty hicks, so they're just going to be like, "We hate him. He's French." <laughs> yeah, he's French. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, let's get to news. Um, we did cover this last time. One thing I didn't give you an opportunity to talk about, but let's start with it is the uh, poster book. So I know it's a little we have poster delayed, right?
1: Book- yeah, it's delayed. The, all the printing elements, uh, you know, the, the shop that we're working with fell behind because of what we're doing. So we're just, they still haven't opened up yet, but it did give me a little opportunity to sort of nitpick at the um, the design of it a little better. So it gives it's given me a little more opportunity to sort of fix up the book itself before it goes into the printing, which is good. As long as people are patient, they'll be getting a. A better book and then of course everything else too you know dynamo got a yeah. little delayed um that's you know got pushed i guess a month to six weeks um i think at this point we're in the beginning of may um i think it's coming out this month so hopefully um and then uh, I'm trying to, you know, trying to get us onto the next third, uh, third spine for Pearl River. So hopefully we'll be starting on that right away. And same with the documentary and and the the other elements that we have yet to announce. But um, all of our Blu-ray releases have all gotten pushed a little bit, so <laughs> because of this thing. But um, yeah, book everything else. Cool. All right. Well- and in the meantime, I did. I was trying to raise money to um, get a scan and create master elements to do a uh, independent release of Bruce Lee's Deadly Kung Fu and the, the original two three five off of a thirty five millimeter print I own of it and I, and that kind of got that didn't we didn't reach our goal with that but there may be a possibility we can still pull it to fruition um so that may be something that pops up soon as well because I've, i i think i may have worked my way into maybe doing it a little less expensive but i just don't oh, cool. want to cheapen on it so that could be something coming along too yeah and then and then like i said we got i got uh, did just did the look up criterion reflections we got that coming up it's uh, with the big boss it should be out or about oh, to i'm be excited it yeah,
0: is. Yeah. yeah,
1: no, it's good. It was a good show. I, I mean, just because that those guys are really good, and I'm, and then, then the box they set, are. of course, is you know we talked about earlier. I think that's some of the biggest news. You know, I mean, there's I don't know if we mentioned it, but they not only is um, no, you know, Game of, of Death of. two going to be on it, right? Yeah. But they're going to have brutal exploitation trailers on there, and they interviewed a guy, oh, not even shit. sure who it is, but somebody to talk about the you know that that part of the genre. So it'll be good, man. That's a that's uh, a big one for everybody. Definitely you know, take a hold of. Them.
0: I'd love a little more collaboration because, you know, there's so much you could add to a release like that and so many other people too, right? Other people with other trailers, posters. I feel like this was an opportunity to do something huge and it is going to be huge, but there's so much stuff that could be involved, you know, it would be with the, with the criterion. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, you know, we're, I'll tell you, let's put it this way. I think we'll be picking up the ball. They're opening the door for us to do something that will, I mean, like, uh, let me just say what I think we have in store coming up for the fans regarding the Bruce stuff is going to rival that Bruce that uh, Bruce Lee box nice. set from Criterion, it, but definitely will rival it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, um, also, what was I about to say? God, dang it! Uh, anyway, go ahead. I'll, I'll remember in a second.
0: Oh, all right. Well, cool. You have something so, to add to it? No, that. Oh, you know what I was
1: gonna say? Oh, I was gonna point this out because we talked to it before we started. Sorry. But um, anybody that's listening to this, look and, listen to the Pure Cinema podcast, Tarantino and Dan Halstead, yeah. who runs the theater over there by Matthew. They both did like a two and a half hour deal on kung fu films on the, the podcast there. And they're just, you know, goofing around, talking like fans, just geeking out on their favorite movies. But a lot of Bruce Lee stuff comes up, Soul Brothers, Fist of Fury 2. You know, Quentin even references how he Fist of Fury 2 has got his favorite dialogue of a kung fu movie in it. and nice. and. You know, um, you know, he likes it better than the original with Bruce Lee. And so, hey, it was kind of worth listening to for anybody that wants to have something to listen to.
0: Cool, I love that. Um, yeah, and yeah, Dan's Dan's cool. He um, he's the programming manager, so he he does our uh, monthly Kung Fu movie. And I guess uh, as rumor has it, uh, I've never spoken with Dan myself, but he um, owns most of these prints that he uses for the yeah, Kung f- the monthly Kung Fu thing. So. Pretty badass. Yeah. He, and he
1: talks and he talks about that on the podcast. He talks about how he got them. And, oh, you cool, know, what, cool. Um, there's a lot of discussion about you know kind of what I, what I'm really interested in, which is getting these film prints and saving them to screen for an audience. You know, I mean, he's his focus is a lot more in the traditional kind of stuff. I think he's got Enter the Game of Death. I think he's got, but it's, I think it's the only Bruce Plantation one he owns. Okay. Tarantino owns a number of them. I mean, he's got right. a good number of them actually because he just he's into a lot of the Bruce Lee ones too. But um, anyway so yeah it's a good it's worth listening to and uh, once once that theater and the new beverly here in la which is tarantino's theater gets back up and running and hopefully we'll be getting some more great uh kung fu screamings coming
0: mm, i love it okay um yeah well that settles it so what's our next movie what's up next for us
1: well, on that topic, I think we talked about that. Um, I thought maybe we do Fist of Fury Part 2 because we didn't do it. Perfect. When we did our series last time, which we did a – I don't know what we were thinking. We just must have been drunk. But we did a whole series of the, the Bruce and the Shaolin Part 2 and Part 1, and then we jumped into Return. We sort of did the trilogy of those. We got so deep topic. in the
0: Shaolin. I had no idea yeah, so many so- existed. It was all like the same people from the same set. That was surreal. Yep, yep.
1: Totally. So I, I figured, you know, look, might as well pick up because we got Fist of Fury Part 2 and Fist of Fury Part 3. We All can do right. back back-to-back. They're popular and very good titles. So right. we'll do that I'm in. So yeah. tell people to call up, man. Call up. Yeah. yeah. Send yeah. emails. Do something. You got it. Type yeah. in. Share in the wealth.
0: You know, I'm so lonely, guys. <laughs> if there's any way you could just call me, leave me a message. Hell, I might answer. You never know. Yeah. We'll just talk about it. I But um, that is 424. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. 424 uh, 257 0344. I chose that originally because I thought it was like an LA area code, but now I think it's somewhere outside of LA. It's like Ghettoville. 424 257 Yeah, you're right. 0344. Yeah, I didn't want to choose Portland because, you know, that's where I'm at. But yeah. Um, And guys, like last thing, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode if you're catching us late, This Saturday, the 9th, I believe, let me go ahead and use a calendar like grown up. Uh, Yes, indeed, this Saturday, the 9th at 2pm Pacific Time. Uh, We are doing Bruce Lee, the man, the myth on youtube as a stream we're all going to watch it together so just tune in there to screen mayhem uh go to dot com to find it but yeah we're all going to watch it and talk about our favorite parts and it's a great movie with a lot of fun fight scenes and it's just good it's it's a great nostalgic beautiful (laughs) film so (laughs) yeah all right buddy all right i think that means we made it to the end um yes anything else
1: no, I guess that's it for now.
0: Till next time.
1: Till next time. Never surrender to the doubt.